This is not a military takeover. Stand by for action. Anything can happen in the next hour. It's Friday, it's 11 o'clock, and it's time for the Paranoid Squirrel Rock Show with your host, Armish.
do you really need me to tell you who that was? No, I didn't think so. Mind you, you might need me to remind you which of the many Motorhead live albums those two tracks were taken from. 1998's Everything Louder Than Everyone Else is the answer. I know... No Sleep to Hammersmith is cited as the best live Motorhead album by Favour Louder um, for a couple of reasons. Obviously, since uh, No Sleep live recording techniques have come on leaps and bounds, and uh, even though Louder doesn't feature the classic Three Amigo lineup of Lemmy, Filthy, and Fast Eddie, Phil Campbell and Mickey D's playing ability cannot be faulted or be belittled as Sub Motorhead. And finally, the song selection takes in more than just the first four albums even though the two songs I just played were indeed cold from the first four. With Hand on Heart, I don't think Motorhead made a duff record. All right, production on rock and roll might be thinner than what came before and indeed after, but it still had some cracking songs. I've actually mislaid disc one from Everything Louder. Last time I had it was uh, when I was in my daughter's car. I'm not allowed to touch her radio as she has it set up to stream from her phone and uh, her phone alone uh, when we're in my car on the other hand totally different story as she travels up and down the airwaves listening to 10 seconds of a song before declaring it rubbish moving on to the next station only to discover it's an advert or worse a dj talking back in my day and i don't think i'm alone in this but the dj's also made the program kenny everett john peel kid jensen tommy vance and nightingale not these days Anyway, uh, I took out disc one from a CD player and I thought I placed it back in its digipack only to discover when I came to play it a day later, it was gone. It's not even in a car. Good job for this evening's proceedings. I have it as an MP3. Not so good when you want to play it on your hi-fi. I've got to see how, or if you can, stream stuff from your PC to your app. Richer sounds, here I come. As for the last two weeks... I played covers of The Litter's Action Woman. I thought it only right and proper to air the original. So here it is. so cold You think you own the world But you don't own my soul A little competition now Maybe that'll wake you up Stir up some ambition Yeah And really shake you up To new music. Justine and the Unclean, those Bostonian rockers that I played last on episode 575, have hit us up again, courtesy of Rumbar Records, with a new free to download single in the shape and form of This System Is Set to Self Destruct from their up and coming album, 
heartaches and hot problems. It's only been a year since Justina and the Unclean released their debut album, Get Unclean, and on the strength of self-destruction, the band haven't found themselves in that second album syndrome. You know, the one, the first one took six years to write, uh, the second one, six months. But uh, you don't have to take my word for it. <laughs> fizzled out about 15 years ago was Swedish punk rock and roll garage merchants topper you know, not to be confused with the British comic of the same name Beryl the Peril Fred the Flop Julius Cheeser classic topper Whoopi Valiant and of course the Beano were requisite reading material when I was growing up now this topper formed in 2000 carrying on the legacy of the clash stiff little fingers and the ilk i bought the debut album once a punk always a punk uh, when it came out in 2005 thoroughly enjoyed it mislaid it and forgot all about them with me not even converting the album to uh, mp3 for itunes uh, so i was surprised pleasantly to receive the are we all damned album earlier this week i naturally thought the like Lucifer and the helicopters, they got back together. Turns out, they've never been away, with me missing out on two other albums, 2010's Punk Don't Death, dot dot dot, just get through it, and 2015's Get In The Line. Looks like I've got some catching up to do. My current favourite track from Are We All Damned is New York, which sounds like this. <laughs> Tell 
Jackers and come back, baby. The hijackers hit the Swedish garage scene in the 80s with the great single When I Get Home. Now, 32 years later, Beluga Records have released the four track self titled single that was recorded way back then. It's a fantastic part of Swedish garage rock history, long gone but not forgotten. So, Halloween is imminent, so expect an army of dressed-up, messed-up kids knocking on your front door demanding treats, i.e. sweets, or, if they're unlucky, tricks, sprout or a potato. A trick is not throwing eggs at the property that fell below par in the treat department. A Halloween release that got me going, thanks to Ghost Highway Recordings and Kick Out The Jammed Records, was the Jake Star and the delicious fullness, the witching hour seven-inch. Joining Jake, Nathaniel, Louis and Sean on selected tracks are Dennis Kane who plays organ on A Ghoul Like You and Joe Jackson no not that Joe Jackson oh, it might be and Brad Clements who add a trombone and trumpet respectively on the Torso song but it's a title track that I'm going to play for your consideration <laughs>
keeping with the Halloween theme for one more song. Now, I like a good joke, a clever ruse, something that has taken thought and effort. Cue Ghost. Well, not Ghost per se, as it turns out, but someone who masquerades as WW3 on the YouTubes has recorded the theme to Ghostbusters as Ghost. Ghostbusters! Ghostbusters! There's something strange in your neighborhood. Who you gonna call? Ghostbusters! There's something weird and it don't look good. Who can you call? Ghostbusters! Ha. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. An invisible man sleeping in your bed. Who you gonna call? Ghostbusters. I don't know. And was the first voice running through your head? Who can you call? Ghostbusters. That's right. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. They do nothing for me. Not scared at all. Well, I guess we're gonna have to take control. Ghostbusters 2 by Bobby Brown. Underrated, if you ask me. Ghostbusters! Who you gonna call? Ghostbusters! Anyone come to mind? Ghostbusters! Let me see. Ghostbusters! Oh, I know. How about Satan? Ghostbusters! No, seriously, give me a call. Ghostbusters! Who you gonna call? Anyways, to sum up, Satan. Boo! They're just kidding. Pretty much spot on. Don't you agree? Right, last week, after what seemed a long while, I played two songs from a couple of fan-funded projects. Like buses, none for ages, then three come along all at once. As this week, Bernie Torme's Shadowland double album finally managed to escape from the confines of Bernie's studio hard drive, where over the last few weeks, it has been mixed, tweaked, polished, admired, and then had its hand firmly shaken. To be honest... Even though Bernie had hoped to have the whole thing with us pleasures by Wednesday just gone, only the one track, One to Blame, has been made available. Actually, I haven't tracked today uh, to see if it's uh, all out and about. I'm busy as much as I'd like to. I can't spend all day on the web. Anyway, One to Blame has definitely been worth the wait. I don't think any of us had any doubts that Bernie would do anything but deliver. <laughs>
Don't forget, Bernie is embarking on his final Fling UK tour, starting on the 22nd of November at the Face Bar in Reading, ending up at the Bear Inn in Western Supermare on the 1st of December. See you at the Black Heart on the 30th. So... On to this week's potential, missed, cancelled and attended gigs. The potential, all right, downright certainty, comes courtesy of he who cannot be named and his UK tourette. I think uh, some of the venues have uh, changed since it was first announced. But by going uh, by going by the uh, Hit Priest Facebook page, who will be supporting? It starts at the Brunel Social Club on the 10th of November, finishing up on the 13th in Nottingham. Joining he and the priests at the black heart will be flash house and rotten foxes oh 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 to coincide with the tour he who cannot be named will be releasing an album called the good the bad and the brutal via beluga spaghetti town god's candy and ghost highway recordings to get you in the mood here's bad day from the aforementioned album i did not ask for this to come i've been against this from day one Counting years I calculate they go too swift Today's the day, today they said I'd rather hide under my bed People say that life is great But I keep hoping that it will decelerate It's my birthday, unhappy birthday The worst day Calls, comments, and cards Free drinks for me out at the bars People say that life is a blast Enjoy it right now, cause it sure ain't gonna last It's my birthday, unhappy birthday The worst day So I'm missing are the four Glucifer Oslo dates that started today. How much do I wish that I had A, a ticket, B, a passport, and C, that they would play over here? Come on and get it while it's here, cause it's running out, and you're in a rush. Don't want to get it over there, want to get it here, but you ain't the first. Come on and get it from me.
Glucifer and a call from the other side. The cancelled gig was the crunch for the release of their We'll Never Make It to the BBC Collected Noise compilation album at, at the Nambuka on Wednesday. To begin with, on the information that the squirrel relayed to me, it looked like it was sold out as she couldn't purchase any tickets from the various ticket agencies she frequents. I wasn't surprised. I mean, it's been at least a couple of years since the crunch last played understandably taking time off whilst drummer terry chimes got to grips with the sad death of his baby daughter plus the crunch pretty much well comprises some top notch bods in the shape form of sulu dave Tragana, mick geddes and idle shorts so selling out that nambuka seemed plausible a quick trip over to their facebook page told a different story one of cancellation due to unforeseen circumstances it seems as if the band didn't have bad luck they wouldn't have any luck at all from we'll never make it to the bbc collected noise this is set in stone that I did get to was last Saturday up at the lounge in Camden for the final date of the There's Still Room to Rock and Roll tour that featured the Dirty Strangers and the Brutalists. Opening proceedings were Rich Raggedy and the Digression's first full-on live gig. Joining Rags in no particular order were formerly of the UK subs, Ricky McGuire on bass, Simon Maxwell, the role model's 20 professional youth on drums, Kit Swing rhythm guitar from Seven Days and Doesn't Die, Andy Brook from Shush on Keys and Gaff lead guitar from the Dead Warriors. With a half an hour time slot, Rags uncharacteristically was more subdued with the between songs banter, pretty much letting the music do the talking, which it did in volumes. Of course, their just released album, Like We'll Never Make It, was aired in, I think, its certain entirety. If you thought the album was good, live it really does all click and fall into place. I only had one criticism, and that was it seemed that Kit was using her guitar as a comforter more than an instrument. Now, don't get me wrong. As she has an amazing voice, but I would have preferred her to ditch the guitar and literally be more vocal. 
Yeah, but what do I know? Funnily enough, just before the gig, Simon asked if I was going to record their set as an audio historian. I said that I was, with Simon replying that they'd better not be shit then. I've never given much thought to uh, what the polar opposite to shit is, but whatever it is, Rich Raggedy and the digressions were it. The opposite to shit is shit. They were the shit equals good. They were shit means bad. The Brutalists were on next featuring non-bass playing Nigel Morgan vocals with the brothers Crip, Kent Holmes and Charlie Nice or Nice making up the rest of the band. Part Thames Delta, part Westway, part Brixton. It's hard to think that the band reside in sunny climes of L.A., the band came across as a bunch of schoolboys on a day trip, not believing their luck that they were now unsupervised. Like the digressions, the band are even better live than they are on record. And that's not an insult, producer Andy. It's just a willing, appreciative audience will fire up a band with both feeding off each other. After the Brutalist set, my belly was full. Also like the digressions, the Brutalists plundered their debut album, but managed to slip in a cover of the Rolling Stones when the whip comes down, which to the uneducated, they seem to make their own. <laughs> Yeah. 
on to the headliners, the Dirty Strangers, that have been led by Alan Clayton since the band's inception in the mid-80s. The Dirties have a strong Rolling Stones connection, with both Ronnie Wood and Keith Richards chipping in the odd guitar track here and there over the course of the Dirty Strangers' recorded output. With that in mind... Imagine if Keith Richards hadn't bumped into Mick Jagger on Dartford train station in October 1961, instead becoming the Stones' lead vocalist, keeping Ian Stewart on piano and striking up a writing partnership with Brian Jones. That's the Dirty Strangers. Fought for me anyway. For Gold Cortina, taken from West 12 to Wittering album, which the aforementioned Ronnie Wood played guitar on, Nigel Mogg and Mick Cripps joined Nigel's former choir boy partner Guy Bailey on stage for a rousing rendition of said song. After their set, I said to Al that if only every single gig that I could go to could be as good as the one I had just seen. Until next week, take it easy and hopefully this cold that I have will have gone. Oh, my.